This podcast was prepared by Ashley and Martell in their personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. That these people were so unafraid of the cops who were sparsely distributed through our capital, which hasn't been breached since 1812, when it was burned. The reason they could easily and casually with their cameras on, film themselves throwing things through the walls of our Capitol, our property, going inside the Capitol, sitting in uh, Speaker Pelosi's office, casually take pictures of themselves, have that played on Fox News. They know that they are not in jeopardy because the cops are taking selfies with them, walking them down the steps to make sure they're not hurt, taking care with their bodies, not like they treated Freddie Gray's body. White Americans aren't afraid of the cops. White Americans are never afraid of the cops, even when they're committing insurrection, even when they're engaged in attempting to occupy our capital to steal the votes of people who look like me. Because in their minds, they own this country, they own that capital, they own the cops, the cops work for them, and people like me have no damn right to try to elect a president. Because we don't get to pick the president, they get to pick the president, they own the president, they own the White House, they own this country. And so when you think you own it, you own the place, you ain't afraid of the police because the police are you and the police reflect back to them. We're with you. You're good. We're not going to hurt you because you're not them. Guarantee you if that was a Black Lives Matter protest in D.C., there would already be people shackled, arrested or dead. Shackled, arrested, en masse or dead. Cunningham on here. She'll tell you how they treated her in Ferguson. Put Alicia Garza on here. She'll tell you how they treated her at every Black Lives Matter march. Get Patrice Cullors on. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what it feels like to protest peacefully and unarmed and have how the police will treat you if you're black. That's it. They're not afraid of the cops because they know the cops are cool with it. And shout out to Joy Ann Reed for speaking all of the truth last night on MSNBC. Welcome to episode 21 uh, of Black Political Millennials. Happy New Year. This is your co-host, Ashley. This your boy, Pierre DeSecta. Happy New Year, everybody. And we also have a special guest on this episode because Y'all, we need to spit some fire today. So, you know, we had to bring our sis, state representative, Summer Lee, out of Pennsylvania's 34th? 34. 34. 34. District 34. Yes. Hey, y'all. Good to be back. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We, uh, you know, it's been quite a wild uh, 24 hours in this here United States of America. Um, so we figured bringing on, you know, our fave to talk this talk today, because there's so much to unpack about what went down yesterday. Um, so much. <laughs> my God. <laughs> like, we just literally witnessed in our lifetime, as Joy said, this hasn't happened since 1812. And here in the year of 2021, six days into the new year, we said, we told people not to touch things in this new year. Look what, look what they doing. They touching everything all over. They the touched place. everything. 
the walls. They didn't even need the steps. They were just climbing up walls, you know? Yo. Turns out that Mexican wall wasn't that important. They can scale them. Exactly. (laughs) Listen. (sighs) What was that, y'all? What was that yesterday? Man, that was a culmination of 12 years of white men being angry about shit that they don't need to be angry about. And it just spread and festered to other groups of people. But that's, that was, I don't know. We're going, we're going to dig more, but that was, that's what that was. I've been listening to a lot of people angry about a lot of stuff since 2008. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's been festering in their soul since then. Even though they had four years of this, this clown, they still weren't happy. You know what I'm saying? Like they were still trying to harm people, still trying to hurt people, trying to ostracize and embarrass people. That's been their MO. You know what I'm saying? Like they were emboldened over the past four years. So we saw that. And you saw a lot of cops that changed their whole they whole style policing up yesterday. Yeah. I gotta disagree just a little teeny bit. I it, it, it is it's really like minor though, right? I don't think that this is 12 years, a culmination of 12 years. I think that this is an accumulation of 400 years um, mm-hmm. for black and brown folks who say 402 years mm-hmm. of white supremacy building up, the tension building up and like a powder keg, it, it, mm-hmm. it finally exploded. Now I can say that the, I can say that the beginning evidence of this particular explosion, it definitely dates back to a black man being elected president. It broke them in a way. It broke white white supremacists and white nationalists whose only claim to fame or only or, or their 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 primary pride has been the inherent advantages that they have as white men and women in this country. Mm-hmm. And we've always known. I think that Black folks can tell you, and what we've seen, and what we know because we've experienced it, is that white folks instead of giving up their inherent advantages, they will burn it down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they stormed their own Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Their own Capitol building. Broke up stuff, broke up all the stuff. And, uh, yep, yep. And they're shooting into the chamber that they knew that their own elected officials were in. Yep. Because they are that upset about having to give up not just their inher- inherent ad- advantages, but to be able to give up basically their right to oppress people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think I think with especially maybe when we talk about this space we're in as you know black political millennials, and we reference the past twelve years from the election of um, President Obama. Uh, prior to two thousand eight, I felt like voting was important, but I didn't feel engaged and tapped into it. And I, I also think that that is a part of the, the addition because it's one, we elected Obama, but how many other young black new folks have been beginning to take you know, positions that are rightfully ours or rightfully able to be ours um, at all levels of government? It's still not enough, but that, that um, idea that you can do it was a big spark from the beginning of that uh that presidency you know I never engaged in a presidency like okay that's the president 
Like mm-hmm. I didn't just, I didn't, I didn't get into it. Like it was something that spoke to me. It was just like, we get a president. We were so young. <laughs> we were young. That was, that was my first presidential. Like I couldn't go to a presidential before then. And Bush, we talked a little bit about Bush in high school. Remember? Like, oh no, I, I remember. Like I remember, I literally remember the videos, but I didn't vote. I was well off from voting. I was right. like, I was 16. Right. We were high school kids. Um, so, no, but like, look, yo, for real, you put the, you you hit the the nail on the head. It's not just the Barack Obama thing, though, right? I think that something fundamentally shifted in American political discourse when marginalized folks started reclaiming their own power. Yeah, and, and that's the best example that I have of that is the discourse and the conversation around civility. And so many people want to know why we can't just go back to a time where there was bipartisanship and when you reached across the aisle. And the thing that I always try to point out is that, first of all, we have not done anything wrong. This is not a both sides thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to reach across the aisle and work with somebody who you believe should not be here, should not have a right to exist. Mm -hmm. How do you work with someone like that? Mm -hmm. You can't. And the fact that you're expecting us to be able to work with someone like that shows that they fundamentally just misunderstand what's happening here in our, in our political environment, right? Um, because when we're looking at, even now, what, what's happening yesterday, people are still trying to draw that, that comparison to Black Lives Matter, to the civil rights movement, to Black people who are protesting their oppression, protesting you know, systemic racism, protesting inequities, who are doing that in the middle of a pandemic that is disproportionately killing them because of those inequities, and that they would still try to draw the comparison to what these traitors did yesterday, to what these insurrectionists did yesterday, just shows a fundamental block, just like a mental block to ever really understand the depth of race in this country, Mm -hmm. to understand how poisonous and toxic their own white supremacy is. But the kicker is, and this has been the kicker since day one, since 1776, is that they have been resting and they've been building up this white supremacy, this white nationalism, thinking that those advantages that they have are, 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 are going to be long lasting, not realizing that the whole time it was poisoning them just as much as it's poisoning us. Mm. Any country that was built on the foundation of systemic racism and oppression was never going to last. And we've ignored it and we've ignored it and we've pushed it off and we've pushed it off. Instead of making a new constitution after the end of slavery, we just built on it. We never changed the laws. We just, we just amended them. Yeah. And now we're looking at the, 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 we're looking at the culmination of all of that, of all of that. And we just saw it explode yesterday into people who just are so entitled, just could not contain themselves, not even a second longer. This is the beginning unless our government pulls down the hammer if they don't make a, if they don't send a message and make an example of them the the message that's going to be sent and they've been testing it out slowly right they wasn't this one the first one they were up on state house steps doing this they they they, they said they were going to kidnap a governor right. they've been testing the waters they've been testing the water slowly and slowly and slowly and yesterday they they went for what we think is the big gun and it still ain't Right. If they don't do anything about what they did yesterday, they are going to send a clear message that as a white nationalist, you can do whatever you want. Your violence and your aggression and your fascism are all accepted in this country. Because like Joy Ann said, because they, they believe it's theirs and they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk that yeah. like, what I say, I need the, the, the chief of the Capitol Police, whatever that top title is, he need to resign. He or she, I don't know who it is. They need to resign. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a she. 
I, um, doubt it, but I Chuck, had to give that credit because it could be. Chuck Schumer said that he's going to um, fire the Senate secure uh, sergeant at arms when he becomes leader. So I guess that's the person that is the head of oh, of whatever. Person? Yeah. So oh, you know this. What yeah. work in the Senate? All day yesterday, I was thinking like, yo, if somebody really breached the state house up in Pennsylvania, that means that they had to walk up many flights of steps. Right. Somebody had to lead the way there. Somebody knew where these chambers were to get them mm-hmm. there. And the sergeant right. of arms was just doing what during this? In the room watching it on TV. They could not find the keys yesterday to the house floor to lock it. That's why the wow. Congress people had to go and duck and dive in the, in the rafters because they couldn't find the keys is what someone was saying. I think it was... Um, uh, Jayapal, maybe I can't remember who said it, but wow. they couldn't find the keys. That's why you saw the imagery of them standing there with the guns mm-hmm. at the window that they had already broken. That's yeah. the house floor, y'all. They That's breached right. the house floor. Yes, like it was just it was. There was no way there was no inside, you know, help on that. There's just no way it it wouldn't have gone down that way had there not been someone on the inside to to guide, give direction you know, on how to do that. And people um, know where they was going. Yeah. I mean, the pictures alone, like every, like so many people need to be. Um, Y'all saw the video of the one cop, the one black cop that was supposed to stop like 55 people by himself. And the good brother just kept running up different places. And just kept running up the steps. And it's like, I feel you, but you're leading them to where you don't want them to go, though, bro. I, I was just kind of like, man, this is crazy. This is a setup. This is, this is, I'm not going to react to this one, man. This, this reaction that I'm about to have is a setup. I know better. Man. <laughs> 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 okay, I saw um, the video, though, and I'm going to just say, it sent me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I I don't know. And then the other video of them letting them in, opening the bike racks up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, but not even that one, because there was two, right? There was that one where they were opening the bike racks. But there was the other one, the beginning, where they bum-rushed those police officers and then just started fighting them. On the steps? I like, did see that. You saw was yeah. the one guy who first got, like, when they first pushed him back and the one cop got stuck on the rail, you saw one guy who said, like, oh, shit, and went to help him. The other guy didn't get the memo. They instead jumped over and started to jump the other police officers. They are all waving a Blue Lives Matter flag. What happened? Right. It turns out that it was never about those blue lives. It was about hating black lives. Exactly. And, it, it, and they had a common enemy yep. in that mm-hmm. very moment. When are we going to talk about consequences? I want to talk about consequences. Listen, let's talk. I mean, we, you know, especially we haven't, you know, recorded since before the new year. And so much has happened in our personal lives. Um, you know, and now these kind of things that we also affect us, whether it makes you upset or it makes you angry or it might motivate you. Um, but there are definitely some consequences that need to be held. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, Congresswoman Cori Bush, I know she was tweeting and um, mentioning how uh, her first bill is to... Let me find it. What does this say? It's to expel the, the members of Congress who hmm. incited this violence. Yes. Mm. And articles of impeachment. Yeah, my first resolution in Congress will be to call for the expulsion of the Republican members of Congress who incited this domestic terror attack on the Capitol. Good. 
Well, you know, she's you got and, and you have to remember the background there. Uh, Congresswoman Bush came from Ferguson. He was mm-hmm. yep, yep. She is a she is a Black Lives Matter uh, activist, organizer, and leader who was on the ground when 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 the entire movement, at least this era of the movement, started. Mm-hmm. So better than anybody, she could tell you how that would have how this whole thing would have went down differently if it was us. Yeah. And I mean, from the planning, we're talking about black. A lot of folks don't recognize that our our, our protests are highly organized. They are organized. We know we're gonna. We know that they're gonna deploy chemical weapons on us, which is why we come with milk. You know, we know that they're gonna have barricades, which is why we have human shields of white folks, oftentimes protecting the more vulnerable and the more marginalized. You know, we know that there are gonna be arrests, which is why we have legal observers who are always on the sides. And as organized as we are, let me tell you, let me assure you, <laughs> the police are even more organized. Mm-hmm. They got streets barricaded that they don't want you to go down. They'll have motorcycles and their cars and their vehicles blocking the streets off that you cannot go up anymore. They've been talking about this day for weeks. This was not on this. They were invited, but they were there at the invitation of the president. There was no surprise. No Mm -hmm. surprise. No surprise. He's been talking about January 6th for weeks. This is, this is where, this is where he said, stand, this is after he said, stand down, stand back. However, came out this this mm-hmm. is where he this is where he released it like all right sick them like, that was the date they had shirts you saw the the mega civil the mega civil war shirts with the date on it yeah. like yeah. you ain't get them made yesterday you've been having that, like, that looks like conspiracy yeah Yo. yeah it's now premeditated mm. mm-hmm. yep Yep. But no, I think that when we're talking about this, and, and, I, and I mentioned this on my social, but it's, it's really that important because we are continuing to, to, to draw that, that contrast to how black and brown folks are treated. And I think the one thing that really just brings us back full circle are our voting rights. And we know that in Florida, just the, in the last two years, uh, Florida folks who are formerly incarcerated only just now won the right to vote again um, if they had a felony conviction and they're still making them jump through hoops. But before that, they were barred for life. We still have at least three states where they are barred for life. They are permanently disenfranchised for any felony, sometimes in, any, in some cases, any felony convictions and others, some specific felony convictions that they committed at any point in their adult life. That means if you did something as an 18 year old, whether you were framed, you might've had an all white jury, whatever biases that judge may have had. If you were convicted, even at 18, you have now lost your right to vote for the entirety of your life. Mm-hmm. I think that, and then when we contrast that with the fact that the president was talking about some go home, go home, (laughs) go home. No, the president should have said, y'all got to line up and get the paddy wagon Mm. because there needed to be arrest. And when we think about the, the, when we think about the implication and the consequences of folks not being arrested yesterday, we're talking about people who participated in an an attempted coup d'etat who got to walk home right now, who, because everybody ain't going to be identified. Those people may not lose their voting rights, right? But I think that that's a consequence that we need to think about. We need to think about anybody who who been cited, who supported, or who participated yesterday, starting with Trump and, and, and Howley, is that his name? Howley, who sat out there with the black fist power fist with his white power fist. Those are people who, if they were in the state of Pennsylvania and they had a felony conviction, would never be able to run again. That's the answer. Yep. They should be permanently disenfranchised right. for, for attempting to overthrow the government. If there's ever been a time that permanent disenfranchisement is a solution, which I think is harsh, I think it should almost never be used. But you can't convince me that for insurrection, 
that for a coup, that that is not, not just an appropriate you know, reaction. It's the only reaction that can protect us into the future. Mm-hmm. Because the worry has never been Trump. We know he's out in four years. The worry is that he's grooming uh, Ivanka. Yep. The worry is that there are, are, are millions of their supporters who are still infected, who are in this cult, yep. you know, who are going to carry on his legacy when that man is long gone. That's it. Those are the conversations that we've got ahead. Those are the, you know, I can't lie. When I woke up this morning and I started to see the, you know, the folks that we can point out being called out. I was like, hell yeah. Like how, who else we gonna find? Where are pictures? Share them. Who do you know? Say mm-hmm. their name, where they work at. Like I saw people sharing people's places of employment, phone numbers, like call yeah. these people, people out. People's getting exposed. People's yeah. getting exposed. The, the dude that was this sat, this sat in, um, where Pence was at, he got exposed. He was from Iowa, I mean not Iowa, from Idaho. The dude who had his foot up on Pelosi's desk from Arkansas. They got his full name out. The dude uh, who was dressed up like he was a, a, a reject from um, Mad Max Fury Road, he got exposed. You know what I'm saying? He's a wannabe actor. You know what I'm saying? So but what, people, become, what comes with that exposure, though? What does man. it matter if we're doing our civic duty to, to, to put these people out there and the attorney general... Because that's federal property. They were at the right. they were at the Capitol. That's federal property. The Attorney General says, no. Can the next one do it? Or if they get pardoned because Biden believes in bipartisanship that much. Oh man. Mm. Somebody had to say it. He, he better. Yeah. Because not wanting to offend Republicans, not wanting to offend people who are beyond uh, if they were black kids, they would call them incorrigible. They would call them black kids incorrigible, say that they had a higher level of culpability and they would lock them up for life. Yep. Mm. Yep. That's it. I mean, we 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 can all if we could all get a dollar for how many times we say, if I was black or if they was, you know, marginalized, or the people that are always um oppressed, you know, we wouldn't it just wouldn't have gone down. <laughs> Like we, we have proof, you know, we have proof. We see if you haven't seen it yet, there are there are videos circulating now of folks of, of disabled sisters and brothers who are protesting uh, and trying to protect the ADA. Who they're in wheelchairs and they were putting them in the plastic uh, handcuffs, the, the plastic handcuffs, and literally carrying their wheelchairs mm-hmm. out of the Capitol. You know, there's imagery of indigenous folks on their own land fighting to protect the water, being water cannon or whatever it was that was happening to them. These folks were being attacked on their own land. You know, we've seen images of other people, regular folks just protesting the government who got in through security mm-hmm. and were there doing nothing but sitting in the Capitol getting handcuffed. We've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen children doing what children do and getting manhandled by police officers. Like, I'll, I still will never forget that video that um, girl in Texas at, at the swimming pool. Remember that video that went Absolutely, around? on the concrete. Yes. Like, like a little black girl in the school who was in her desk yeah. and the police officer drug her from her desk and then slammed her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's just, those were, the, those were the thoughts and the things that, you know, I thought about that began to make me angry yesterday, just watching how things were happening. Like, that was a picture mm-hmm. that they just took? That man is helping this lady down the steps. Yeah. What? You know, yeah. and I just, 
Yeah, it 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 is it is very uh, frustrating. But I, I'm I'm encouraged to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm encouraged to like stay in this fight and to call it out and to keep you know addressing it. I mean, I think the more and more they continue to express their relentlessness to push white supremacy it's like all right we're gonna keep taking our seats and we're gonna keep pulling up with the power that we know we can take and y'all just gonna be mad you know like um it because like you said summer this is going to like this ain't it this ain't it yeah, one thing about it though, and this is the thing that really sets, I'm gonna say black people away from even like other progressive fighters who are non, who are not people of color. You know, black people, you know, we've been fighting. We have been fighting since the first white man stepped foot in the first black country and, and tried to take us. You know, we had ancestors who fought. They, people think that it was a passive thing that they just went. Oh, these people who fought, you know, on the whole middle passage, they fought the whole way here, kicking and screaming. They fought when they got here. They fought to maintain whatever culture or whatever language, whatever, you know, history they hit. They fought all the way here. And I know damn well, they did not do all that fighting for all those centuries for us to get here and look this in the face and, and be discouraged. Mm. You know, we, we, if anybody's built for the fight, it, it's it's definitely us. But we do have to wake up. You know, I, I I mentioned, and it has been mentioned yesterday when we were talking about people in D.C., black folks and brown folks in D.C. saying, "End of this one ain't quite our fight." Mm-hmm. It, it, I would say the specific fight on ours, but the war is. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of black people who are looking at this like it's nothing, like it's a joke, mm-hmm. and thinking like, "Oh well, you know, I wish they'd burn it all down." I'm like, you need to know that if fascism comes, black folks are going to be the first people impacted. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the first. Who, who lose our rights, we're gonna be the first who are, who are punished or, 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 or met with violence as it always is. So it is important that we keep our eyes open, um, that we're vigilant and that we're ready to, you know, we're ready to protect uh, and to serve our damn selves. I literally said that to Dante this morning. I said, you know, um, I've never been one that is, you know, I wanna, you know, carry or, you know, like I'm this fighter, but we need to we need to protect ourselves because um, if we don't protect our own selves, ain't nobody else gonna do it. Um, and I know all about my family. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, so a little you know, with that, just everything going on yesterday, we we were talking about uh, after all of that four dead, four people. Which I mean, loss of life is sad, don't get me wrong. I'm not out here wishing a loss of life on folks, but I am saying that some things have predictable consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, what was unpredictable is that only one person seems died by police, that police they were able to find some restraint it turns out that deadly use of force is not the first line of defense uh that they have to take Mm -hmm. they found ways of of restraining themselves they they found some discipline yesterday or lack of discipline i don't know which one you want to say it is but i'm not going to even sit here and push the narrative that this was like uh the police were ill-prepared or that you know none of that no that was complicity that we saw Mm -hmm. but not into that place that was complicity Mm -hmm. No question. They walked that lady down the. They walked that lady down the steps. All the way down the steps, you know. And you taking selfies with people, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you doing that because you probably know some of these people. Some of y'all's probably in a militia together. Some of y'all's probably in some of them little backroom, whatever social media apps talking shit together. So, yeah, so you already know these people. So you're not going to give them a hard time and they about to open the gates up for you, literally. They're going to open the door for you, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still curious about these other medical emergencies. I, I want to know more about that. We were talking about that before we started recording, but let's let's figure out what kind of medical emergencies was, was resulting in three people dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I've i never heard nothing like that before. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit that's happened in our lifetime and people have been dying and all of that, but I've never heard just three people from medical emergencies or something like that. You know what I'm saying? They said it so nonchalant. Not, I'm not gonna say they said it nonchalantly. They said that that was like that was not extraordinary. Right. I think there's more to that too. I think yeah, there's more to that too. Even, I just remember when I woke up this morning and I saw that it, you know, the number last night was one and this morning was four, and I was like, "What happened?" You know, like I, just the whole reporting of yesterday was just different too. You know, like it. The video of the these terrorists, and I'm going to be clear and continue to use that word, um, stomping out the video cameras, like the equipment outdoors, like y'all just. What about the free press? What about the First Amendment? Girl. They don't even. They don't even know about that. They're they're so they're so beholden to this to this fake this fake script of. You know what I'm saying? Of, of, of hating all media, of, of of hating all Democrats, of hating all Muslims. Like it's just the whole thing of you dislike all of these people. You know what I'm saying? If it's not a person just like you, you don't like them. So like I watch a couple of news stations and like people was concerned for their colleagues. You know, like I've seen the one guy get his camera grabbed. I've seen him throw some stuff at one of the uh, young ladies. There was an uh, Asian young lady who was a reporter. Like. You, they definitely put themselves in, in, in harm's way for a lot of stuff, but it's like, why are you, like, you can see press people on war zones. You can see press people in the middle of wars and have press on their vest and not get shot at. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen that. So for you to be in your country, in the nation's capital, you know what I'm saying, in a, in a, in a public space and, and be, you know what I'm saying, fill out harm's it's wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were really just out there for anybody that they could victimize. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were just trying to harm whoever they could that, that didn't look like them or, or fit their, their description, you know? And that concludes this episode of It Can, <laughs> <laughs> it can Happen Here Too. Listen, if this was another country, we would be invading them right now to stabilize their country in the middle of a a democracy failing. Listen, listen, Nigeria's about to colonize us. Nigeria and them are like, we gotta go and colonize them. They're so ghetto. Right. (laughs) Did you see that had the whole uh, map of the world and over the U.S. it had the ghetto. (laughs) The ghetto. (laughs) No, but no, but honestly, you know, this is, uh, we joke because that's what we do. Black folks find joy in, in pain, you know, we find light and darkness, that's our superpower. Um, but I will say that this is, this is, this is serious, y'all. And it's not just this, I think it's just the culmination of all the things, right? It's this, plus what the impacts, the effect of, of, of four years of Trump 
and Trumpism, plus the erosion of the press because of Trumpism, plus what we have learned about this country through the coronavirus, how we've not been able to get that under control, how we're now moving into the next year of it, y'all, and we still can't get people to be patriotic enough to put a mask on, you know? We still can't get people to care enough about marginalized, disabled people and Black people to want to mitigate this virus, right? We're looking at, um, and I always say it, we're looking at the effects of anti-intellectualism meets irrationality. And there's only one way to explain it, you know? These folks are irrational. It is, it is, it is irrational. And other people in the world are looking at this. These are, these are places that rank higher than us on education, higher than us in Medicare, you know, higher than us on uh, safety, on uh, cost of living, on um, uh, all metrics of happiness and, 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 and these different things. And they're looking at us literally fall apart at the seams. And I hate to be a doomsayer, but I've been saying it like, listen, uh, we are geographically diverse. This is a huge country. It's geographically and ethnically and ideo ideologically diverse. And Rome didn't last this long. Mm. Whew. Now that concludes the episode, right? <laughs> so can we talk about once, you know, they were able to, I guess in a way, clear the Capitol, um, how scared folks looked last night? People's narratives in a way changed. You know, the same folks that were like, we're objecting, were like, mm -hmm. I'm not objecting. No hey, Kelly Leffler? Yep, specifically. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Like you could see the sweat beating on their foreheads. Mm -hmm. Shout out to HDTV. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they know that. As Connor Lamb said, a woman died in that building. In that building. Talk about the sanctity of that building, a woman died. Mm. Not, not the one of natural causes. Mm -mm. This is the one who, who, who died a, a, a violent death. Right. In these right. hallways. Like, and, the, and the blood's on, on their hands, like, you know what I'm saying? I, that, that, that's going to be the line for a lot of people moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, the blood's on your hands. Y'all round these people up. You know what I'm saying? You, you gas them up. You played along with the lies. And my thing, too, is, like, you have to – you might not know everything in these positions being elected, but there's certain things that you know, and you know that aren't valid. You know things that aren't true. And it's like, how could you have this position, you know what I'm saying, where there's things you're supposed to uphold and be playing along with a lie? You know what I'm saying? Like really going along with a charade, like you're part of a play, when you know in your mind that this didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like that's so, that's so manipulative, you know what I'm saying? Because like, I'll be, re be on Reddit, I'll be reading something, and these people really be believing this shit, yeah. like deep down in their heart. And it's just kind of like, come on guys, like you could be in the rooms to know the information about these elections and these results, man. And you know, it's real. Like, why would you go out there and to your base or why would you be on Twitter and be playing along with lies? You know what I'm power, saying? It's power. it's power. That's deep. We were talking right about before we got on this joint about the monster they made, the Frankenstein that they made for their own political ambition and their own political gain. Mm -hmm. Listen, Democrats and the Republicans for so long have been rigging this system together, right? I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but we, you know, we two, we're two teams in the same league at the end of the day, right? We're going to create a system that benefits us. You know, that's what, mm -hmm. that's what, that's what we've had, right? And, but what the Democrats ain't realizing, I think they're, they're, they're getting, they're waking up to that, is that whole time the Republicans have been fighting for power. Yep. 
They've been building power and they are willing to do whatever it takes. So what we've been looking at from the Tea Party on, you know, we've been looking at them at any, by any means necessary, building power. That includes sowing seeds of dissent and their own people who who are victim of victims of um, the defunding of education, of the public education system. They are victims of um, a Euro centralized education, you know. They are conditioned by an authoritarian brand of education that teaches you to walk in a straight line, teaches you to respect authority. And they built these people to be this way. The problem is, is that they lost control of them somewhere in the last four years. And they lost control of their own monster, but right. now they got to go along with it. They exactly. end up now, now they have to put every single egg they got in this basket. They either go, they're either creating their white conservative ethno state, you know, or they going down in history as villains, you know, they got it, you know, but mm -hmm. it's still going down as villains, but they, but the only way that they can win and get their way out of this one is if they win, win, like, right. they got to win, win, they got to write the history books at this point. Like that's mm -hmm. where we literally are. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is it. I mean, it's, I think, I think the statement of like the last time our capital was seized being 1812 and it is 2021 in the digital age and this happened like I just <laughs> when I think about like what this is going to look like 20 years from now like when we got when we grandkids got, or have grandkids God willing like this is this is a moment that where you stand is going to really you know, define like how the story is written and what this looks like moving forward. Like how, as we talk about the accountability and you know, how are we going to put our foot down like that this isn't acceptable. You know, I like when I was seeing some of the, the pictures of folks who had like sweatshirts, there was someone who had a sweatshirt on that had one of the um, death camps Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah. shirts say Camp Auschwitz. I've seen the yeah. shit. Yes. At the at the at the Capitol yesterday. Yeah. Then they had the other picture of one of the dudes who's an uh, um a Holocaust uh denier. They were all in there. There was mad Nazis out there. You they know what I'm saying? In 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 videos you you watched yesterday, you could I'm like, they just scream Nazis? Like what well, the but I'm happy that y'all mentioned the Nazis, though, because I wanted to say something, not about the Nazis specifically, but about, about post-Nazism Germany. Mm. The problem with America is that it never thinks it needs to adapt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't believe that it needs to be fluid and, and, and flexible. It believes that the founders were gods and what they wrote is law. You know, it is law, but I mean, they, they think what they wrote is divine law, right? And that it is above reproach. That's not true. You know, as we move, we've now moved not just from, you know, from 1776 to today, we've gone through many eras. You know, we've gone through the Revolutionary War era to, you know, the War of 1812, to the Civil War about slavery. We've abolished the system that literally built this country. We've moved from there to the Reconstruction System and the Industrial Age, which means that we moved from people who never could imagine that something would, could drive, that there's a motor, you know, that you would ever be on a horse, to people driving in trains and cars and planes that fly through the air. You know, we've moved to the Electric Age. You know, we've moved now to the Internet Age. And we're still thinking that we don't need to adapt our government to these things. Mm -hmm. When you think about post-war Germany, 
The first thing that they did was they put in a new constitution. They had to start over. Yep. And they have many of the same, you know, amendment, well, not amendments, but rules as us, right? They have a freedom of speech, but you can't be a Nazi. You can't be a Nazi. Your right, your free speech ends where it impedes someone else's right to live, right to exist, which yeah. is exactly what should have happened with America. You don't get to be a KK in the KKK. You should not get to be an about racist, right? Your right to a free speech should end. We've never, we've never lived by that. We've always lived by the punch down motto, right? Yeah. When we think about post-apartheid, you know, South Africa, the first thing that they did was the new constitution oh, and in it, they enshrined, basically they had to enshrine equity even if they didn't have the resources to, um, to really enact it though. But because they took black people's education away, they had to enshrine a, a, a fun, education as a fundamental right. They knew they had to make up for what they did. They had to atone. They had to then go and remedy the harm that they caused. Because of that, they had to, they had to put Medicare for all literally into their constitution because they had to atone. They had to atone for what they did, how poverty has ravaged people in their health, right? They had to actually, they had to actually account for their past uh, so that they can build on a new foundation for their future. America has an un a stubborn unwillingness to address the past, to make provisions for it, um, to be accountable to it. And that's the real reason why it, it, we cannot move forward. We've never been able to move forward. Right now is the time for flexibility. We need to be thinking about what do we need to put in the law to make sure this shit don't ever happen again. Yeah. And if we're too arrogant to do that, well, what can I say? We need to right. back other countries. Right. That's and it's doomed to happen again if we can't make those changes. Yeah, you know? it's it's literally that. And as you say this summer, you know, I think um, this makes me, I think back to a Facebook status that you've made about this definitely more than five or six years ago. Like, this isn't new. You know, these aren't conversations that have just happened. And to you explaining in other countries what uh, decisions needed to be made by a government entity to um, atone the mistakes that were made. Um, we don't want to have that conversation here. We want to be, we want to play both sides. We want to be bipartisan. We want to reach across the aisle. That language frustrates me because it also takes me back to just like the code language. I think this is all code language that they be talking on this shit. Like they say words in ways to appease people that don't want to admit their way of being is wrong. Like, instead of telling someone like, no, like that's not okay, we're not accepting that. It's like, oh, well, you know, we'll stay over here and y'all stay over there and we can all play nice. Like, no, we, we can't do that. Neutrality is always, always, always choosing the side of the oppressor. Mm -hmm. <sighs> no question. And that's why people silence today is saying a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know there's a lot of people that have had stuff to say about everything that happened over the summer, you know what I mean? Or the years prior, that ain't saying nothing. Like I went on some people's Facebook just to see if they said some shit about what happened yesterday. And they ain't said nothing, Check in. you know what I'm saying? I had to, I had to, cause you just gotta, <laughs> because you gotta know where certain people stand on certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta know if these particular people is all the way over there, you know what I'm saying? And there's some people that, that was on my Facebook timeline or not on my Facebook timeline, just all the way over there. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, at this point, and, and my thing too, if yesterday was the first time you're embarrassed 
about this country are embarrassed for the past four years. We're part of this too. You know what I'm saying? You're guilty as hell because there's no way yesterday is the first day that you've been embarrassed. And I heard mad people say that shit. And I'm like, how are you not embarrassed? And that wasn't embarrassing to you? Man, man, listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the fact that you have people coming out and really saying that out their mouth, like that just shows you, like you said, neutrality and being complicit. You know what I'm saying? You're part of this shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, Lindsey Lindsey uh, Graham yesterday trying to change his whole tone. I'm like, man, bro, you're not you're not free now. You're not absolved of all of this kind of shit because you said one speech on the floor talking about you trying to hurry the election law. You've been part of this the whole way too. So now it's like you got people trying to trying to cop please or be like, oh, I'm with them, but I'm not all with them. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, you see the time turning mm-hmm. because the thing that we're not talking about in all this is that. That Senate flip yesterday. That Senate flip, we we. Mm-hmm. Them people went from almost. Them people went from the cups of absolute power, to the cups of, of of not having any at all. Right. And they read the writing on the wall. They didn't come to God. They didn't come to glory. They didn't see the light on their mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. They, they lost. Saw the they saw. They saw what could potentially be the writing on the wall. Even though they still know, you still see some who aren't coming over because they still know that Democrats at the end of the day might not have it in them. They ain't mm-hmm. had it in them yet. Listen, Democrats ain't had it in them yet in this history to put them in their place. Yeah. But right. they know that they got the power to put them in their place now. Mm-hmm. You see, and Lindsay ain't Lindsay ain't doing nothing but looking out for Lindsay. Yeah, right. Mitch yeah. ain't doing nothing but looking out for Mitch. Are they embarrassed? Are they probably recognizing the little piece of their conscience that still exists? That you know, shit's out of control. Sure, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. They also. I don't think, I don't think Mitch got a soul. In the minority now. Right. They can't hold up bills no more. You want a tribunal? They can't stop one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that also means because that dynamic is happening, folks who are listening, the pressure that needs to be applied on the things that we need to change must happen. Mm-hmm. Just because we've got a majority, barely, don't mean um, it's just going to be a cakewalk. You know, right. we, we got to watch you know, um, how the Democrats, because it is a 50-50 split, are voting, because when they're leaning to the right and we're not having a vice president, you know, make the tie because it's a 50-50 split, um, we got to keep them on notice. They need to be on watch. We need to see what what states are those. Oh, okay. So we need to replace you. Yeah. We need to replace you. Got it. You know, like those are now the things that we need to be watching for. And we'll be talking about it on this show because it's going to get real interesting with this, um, this new Senate coming very, in. Very, very. Cause let's be real. Uh, Vice president Kamala Harris can't break the tie if Joe Manchin votes with the Republicans. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 This is my theory, and I say it all the time that too many Democrats. I can only speak for Democrats in the House. You know, some of some of the ones that I've experienced in this one that I'm in, but I I imagine it it applies all all over the place. Too often, Democrats get comfortable in uh, the lack of power, but it's also us. It's also us, Black people, marginalized people. We fight the power, but we fear taking the power because having power means you got responsibility. Yep. You know, for good or bad, ha- wielding the power means that you are the one who has to bear the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find too often that Democrats grow comfortable in not having to be the one who pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's easy to say that we're going to fight for 15. It's harder to say that on tomorrow we are increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Yeah. You know, it's easy to say that everybody should have health care. It's harder to say that we're going to bring this up for a vote on the 20th. 
On the 20th, we're bringing this up for a vote. It's harder to say that, you know, with racial justice, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, well, you know what? We're gonna, we're, we're ending mass incarceration right now. We are freeing every single black and brown person who has been held unjustly. We're doing it today. It's harder to say that. Mm-hmm. And they'll come up with every excuse and I've heard them all, right? Incumbency protection. We can only keep this majority if we protect our members who are in conservative seats. And is there a little bit of truth to that? Certainly. But is that an excuse? Nope. No. Mm-hmm. No. We are no. called, we are called to be brave even when it's hard. As elected leaders, we are called to do the right thing, not just when it's easy, not just when everyone is doing it with us, not just when it's popular. We're called to do the right thing every single time, every single time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because this, you know, is clearly breaking news still, um, I'm thinking, do we want to talk about this whole, you know, we've been seeing a lot about the 25th Amendment and the vice president and the cabinet can um, exercise their powers to utilize that to remove um, Trump over, you know, for the last few weeks. So um, I just pulled up this article where it just explains the 25th Amendment, which would remove Trump and put Vice President Mike Pence in power with just two weeks before the president is set to leave office. Um, so that's what the 25th Amendment could do. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a provision when not just when a president dies, but when they're incapacitated or when they cannot or refuse to discharge the duties of their office that the vice president can step in. That's actually the one, I believe, the one subsection of uh, um, the 25th Amendment that has not been triggered yet, which would be the vice president taking over um, and, and kind of using his power, his plus, you know, the other leaders to take over from a president who is uh, incapacitated. He came incapacitated, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Yo, for real, then. He was, he, <laughs> for real, he was I, got, I got to his Twitter too late because I was like, let me see what's going on. But they already done deleted tweets, blocked the account. Yeah, he's blocked on Facebook and IG. Definitely. Facebook, mm-hmm. definitely, yes. You know, yeah. if his friend Mark Zuckerberg was like, well, damn, bro, I've been trying to protect you all this time. You didn't, you didn't cross the line. <laughs> you didn't cross the line. Again, his friend. His friend Mark. <laughs> his friend Mark is on the phone, trying to get him on the phone right now. Like, God damn it, answer the phone. Listen. That's why he had to do it, because Trump wouldn't even answer the phone. You know Trump trying to make burner accounts right now and shit on, on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, at, Facebook. at Donald Rump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ronald Rump. Ronald Rump. I grow more. Bro got burners now. <laughs> picture. Of That's so ghetto. Like he's he's signing up for TikTok. That's the only other place he could probably go to get an account right now. Hey, right. Uh, <laughs> he was I like, uh, I knew that I tried to get rid of you. Right, right. I know that TikTok comes from China. Right. Let me give it a try. Let me give it a try. <laughs> no, but on another front, you know, every every bit of every every funny that we make always has like an evil counterpart. <laughs> right. Who can't get on the to to mainstream social media, but he's also still probably a millionaire, maybe even a billionaire, who is also threatening to start his own media empire. Yeah. Yes. Which is the other, which also brings to the forefront, the fact that these people aren't going away. They are not going anywhere. They are not going to fall in line politely because Joe Biden is polite and civil. 
Yep. Right. Like that's not going to, that's not going to snap them out of their cult, you know? Mm-hmm. But, they're still going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now with this, they're more emboldened. Like they still might go back and be low key, but they're still emboldened about the, the, the shit that they know they can try to do or make happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why you were saying this definitely isn't the last time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to take different forms. Y'all going to look them back in a polite society. I'm not. I already uh, befriended them all. That's I didn't even see none of these people. I, be, I befriended these people three years ago. So, yeah, on, on the internet? On the internet. Yeah, my timeline was talking about all his friends. My timeline was beautiful. Friends were his wall acting the fool. I had a beautiful timeline yesterday. I just still know these people, Martel. Man, oh, like, I just check people. They don't see me. But I just got to keep my eye on certain people. You know what I'm saying? Like, because for different reasons, you know what I'm saying? We can, we'll discuss more offline, but you know me. <laughs> so I got to still see where you at. You know, what I'm no, 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 I feel that. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's why, because like now this is, this is such an emboldened thing. I'm like, all right, now who's on this line is saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you on this side, then there's, then there's really a problem. You know what no, I'm saying? Like. Yeah, so I just black political millennial though, right? To bring this back, it's so incumbent upon us to understand these systems. Mm -hmm. These systems control us. These systems are sneaky. These systems are persistent. It ain't about thinking that I'm the 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 magical Negro who's going to be able to get in there, and I'm the one who's smart enough to win their game. No, I don't believe that we can win their game. Their game Mm -hmm. is not built for us to win it. I don't think that it just needs a smarter Negro to go in there and do it. I'm not one of those people suffering from that illusion. I'm the one who says I need to be able to keep an eye on these people. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to maneuver. I need to be able to protect my my community as best I can, given what we got. So that's what being a black political millennial is about at its core is about trying to learn these systems because I don't know the system. I'm in it and I don't know it 100%. Mm -hmm. The three of us together combined, Mm -hmm. you know, don't know enough about this system and the history right. of it and the inner workings of it. But it's our duty. It's our duty to fight for our freedom, right? It's our duty to win, which means that part of that is 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 truly um and truly embracing that duty to know thy oppressor, know that enemy, mm-hmm. and know how they move so that you can move faster. Yeah. Definitely. Or at least move out the way, hell. That's it. I mean, and we've just got to like, I think everything that we're able to witness that's happening around us, you know, um, it's, it's a part of our story. It's a part of, it is a part of the fight that we are in, whether we like it or or not, whether we're actively fighting it or we're just taking it because this is the life we got to live. Like, at the end of the day, this is this is it. This is our, it is now our time, um, especially as black political millennials. Um, Cause mm-hmm. if you black, if you a millennial, your life's political. Like I don't care what you think, not being political is political. And um, we have to, we've got to take the steps to move us further down the road too. Just like our ancestors did for us. It's our job to do that for those that are behind us coming up, leading with us. Um, I'm a big uh, supporter of Youth Voice. I, I, we ain't old as millennials. What, our oldest millennial is 39? Um, yeah. Uh, we are, 
you know, we're the, you know, when we were kids, we're at that age where we looked at people like, oh my gosh, they're grown. They got it all together. We ain't got it all together. Like wrong, wrong. <laughs> like, but we're right. at that point now. And so I, I take, I take that responsibility um, very seriously. And it, I think it's why we have these conversations. It's why we do this show. It's why we want to, you know, tap into this in a way where we can have the conversation to let people know that you're in this conversation. Whether you whether you participate in with us, you in this. So um Hell yeah. It's this this 2021, y'all. We 2020. Remember yesterday, two days ago, people were spelling it 2020 W O N. Girl. Is this still 2021? Or is it 2020 fail, honey? Oh man, who was doing that, man? They jinxed I saw, that, I saw they were positive. We yeah. got 2020. 2020 was full of foolishness. Auntie Dion said, "Leave that foolishness in the 2020." And then they went and stormed the Capitol, anyways. If they had just listened to Auntie Dion, we wouldn't have to throw 2021 away. We already like, well, what does 2022 got to bring? Yo, for real though. And I saw that. I saw somebody toasting the 2022 this morning on Instagram already. I was like, damn. Oh. 2022. Well, you know, I started 2021 with the Rona. So, mm. you know, <laughs> I dodged it all year. It caught me. Girl, that's how we ended up. Well, I already sat out in 2021. I mean, I was sat out in it before the January 6th. Listen, we wrapped up 2020 with the Rona. Like, put a nice little bow on it. A little Rona bow for this Lucky household. Lucky because uh anybody i thought i kind of i'm starting to get whiffs of smell that's the other reason y'all please mask up y'all this is so serious like mm-hmm. i'm sorry i don't care what's on the agenda right now what? i gotta do this y'all i gotta do this do this is not a game like i know that so many people especially so many young people who are out here thinking that either the road is not real it's real shut up it's real or that it's not or it's okay because they're not old it's not going to impact them you know they're not immunocompromised. It's not going to impact them. First of all, stop listening to that. I'm young, and by all accounts, I had a mild case, but I also lost my sense of smell. That's a neurological symptom. I'm 33 with a neurological symptom. We don't know what the long-term effects of that are. I know that there are some people who had the Rona in the summer, and they still haven't gotten their smell back. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, everybody has not gotten their smell back who's lost it. It's not something, that's a, it's not something that just comes back. You know, we don't know what, we don't know what the long-term effects are. Like, why risk it? I spent the last, you know, week, um, aside from the fact that I was mortified of the fact that I lost my sense of smell and I'm like, is this a permanent disability at this point? You know, but I also spent the time worried about my family. You know, did, did, my, did I get this from my mom? Did I give it to her? You know, did I get it from my grandma or did I give it to her? Are they okay? You know, and that's just not, it's, that's just not worth it. Please just put your mask on. You know, I'm so tired of people talking about their patriotic. I'm so tired of people talking about they love their neighbor. I'm so tired of people talking about, you know, talking and talking and talking that mess, but you can't do the small thing of looking out for your neighbor and putting your mask on. Yep. You can't do the small thing of sitting down, sit down. Let us get through this and let us thank God that it's not Ebola. Mm-hmm. That's what I got on that one. It could be Ebola and we would not make it. Yep. Yep. That's my that's my public service announcement as an angry person who has the Rona, who did everything it, right. Right. With some quotes. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't through this, man. We ain't through this. I feel like there's some people that thought New Year's Day 
Like I've seen some people on that. Like like New Year's Day, the Rona just going to just disappear. Like the sun gonna come out and it's just gonna evaporate into the ethos and it's gonna be gone. And like people was really on that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it, just because it's a new year doesn't mean that, that that we're not still in the middle of a pandemic, yo. Like anybody had that way of thinking, you're wrong. So people was on that too. That's that that has to be done. We're still like there's people there's people having events and shit in a, in a week or two. And I'm just like, how and why? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 so, uh, Governor Tom Wolf's restrictions in Pennsylvania lifted two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah. And let's be real. The the restrictions, and, and I'm saying this as a, as a state rep, and it could be political suicide. I don't want to see businesses die. You know, right. none of us want to see our small businesses struggle or suffer. We don't want to see workers struggle and suffer. You know, from the beginning, from March, we should have been paid to stay home. People yes. should be paid mm-hmm. to stay home. We should have had paid sick and family leave. You know, we should have had uh, stimulus checks that were monthly. We should have had an immediate rent and foreclosure moratorium. You know, we should have had um, education. We should have had equitable education before we even got to this one. You know, our schools should have been the safest place for kids. Um, but we didn't. And if we had all those things, there's a strong possibility that, you know, th- the coronavirus would not exist, but we would have made it to this vaccine in good enough uh, condition that we could that we could have gotten through this faster. And, we, and we're not able to because we refuse. Again, we talked about that stubborn um, unwillingness to adjust and to adapt. And we're seeing that manifest in our handling of the coronavirus crisis. Um, but it, it is so incumbent upon, you know, our state. Our state governments, you know, they are the makeup of them are probably what they are, but we are getting a new federal government and it is incumbent upon our federal government to do something different. On day one, I need to see that the Democratic led executive office, legislative uh, Congress and Senate are prepared to do some radical things to get folks through this. Radical. If not, I need to start calling them today and start running. Call your senators. I've been saying, we've all been saying this, the frustration about places not being open, about not being able to do certain things, about our children and our schools. There is a place to go and ask for accountability and answers. And it ain't your your local um, stores. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it's, it's in a way our state government, but it's this federal government. They got all the monies. They got the monies. All the monies, okay? And if we didn't, let's just tax Bezos. Like Jeff Bezos could literally pay all of us. You know, and cancel student loan debt. And cancel that too. Cancel, <laughs> literally, like- That part. It, well, is, it is not impossible. And the, the, the consistent narrative of, we can't borrow any more money. It's bullshit. It yeah. is bullshit. I will say this again, that is bullshit. That is not the case. Because if we got money to drop billion dollar bombs in other countries, then we got money to pay us. We got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Tupac said it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's bars right there. And the, and the thing about it is, what, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years later, it's still the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still the same thing. You know what I'm saying? There have been more wars fought, and there's even 
now, after all of these evictions and all this, we're even more homeless people, you know what I'm saying? And more hungry people. Food security is going to be, food security has grown even more now, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and well, the thing about more billionaires. We keep adding. Uh, more billionaires. Like, the, the amount of money that. Uh, uh, Not a dime has trickled down yet. Man, Elon Musk made all that money after laying all the people off, all the money that Bezos made. Like, there's billionaires getting more billions since March. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meanwhile, homelessness has increased so much. Yeah. Food insecurity increased so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's unreal. They, they, can, they can run up on the Capitol like what happened yesterday, but we not applying the pressure on the people that are, are elected to literally serve us. And also, we put billions of dollars, billions on billions on billions of dollars into military industrial complex mm -hmm. and the police one. Mm -hmm. Yet, they walked into the Capitol. Mm -hmm. What's all that money going into the military doing mm -hmm. if we can't even protect our capital? Mm -hmm. Just other countries out here looking at us like, oh, that's how you that's get so it? Funny. But okay. we're not funding education, but we're not funding infrastructure, but we're not funding healthcare. Nope. Nope. We're not funding environmental remediation. We're not funding social services. <sighs> we're not funding the, food. The stuff that will that, that is will stabilize and expand and improve and strengthen that country they don't spend the money on you know what i'm saying like it's almost like for me i feel like and and i got a couple of different feelings about the whole thing with covid because part of me still feels like it was an effort to do population control and i feel like it was still effort to try to backdoor certain things and in laws and all of that but also with this you're creating an even greater wealth gap you know what i'm saying like and there's people, there is, it's crazy how people are just like, yo, um, you can't, you can't redistribute wealth. You can't, you can't do all these different things. And it's like, man, it's the hell you can. And it's like, you're, you're obviously trying to create an even greater divide. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the plan. You want people to be poor. You want people to be sick because this is the way that capitalism continues to, to expand and grow. So it's like, for me, money's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like after the gold standard and all this other shit, money's not real for real, for real. They printing it right now for some shit that we might not even know about. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about uh, canceling student debt, it's very possible and nobody's going to take no lick from it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can create all these different things and nobody's going to take no lick from it. People are like, well, I'm not trying to pay more taxes. You won't have to for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's places that you can create these, these funds there's money everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And it's always the talking point. And au contraire, you know, if you alleviated all of the student debt on Gen 20, what would happen is, is that a generation of people who have been bound, you know, by this debt can actually go and spend some money. We'd have some money to spend. We would invest in the economy. We would be able to put back into our communities. We'd be able to move out of our parents' houses. Yep. We might start a family. Y'all keep wanting to know why millennials all got kids. We might start a family at this point. Mm -hmm. um, Back again, hard, travel. But again, talking points, Ashley, them damn talking points, they will convince you that this is a relief for middle-class white people that is alive. Black women are the largest uh, uh, carrier of the burden of student loan debt. Mm -hmm. uh, black and brown people are more likely to carry larger amounts of student loan debt because we don't come from generational wealth. So you cannot expect us to attain generational wealth but not be able to go to college just because our parents can't afford a 30,000 a year education. Yep. 
We can't have both, though. Mm -hmm. Ooh, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so much, like, so much. Um, we could definitely do this all day. I did want to briefly touch on, because we're talking about, you know, this, this, this idea of, um, you know, white supremacy trying to save itself because they, you know, clearly see that they are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say it's not dwindling, but they ain't, they ain't it. Y'all ain't the majority. Like it's, those days are gone. And so this last fight and how these, these uh, different instances, instances are popping up with these bombings recently. So we had the Christmas bombing um, in Tennessee. And then locally, we've had bombings that are still being investigated into local neighborhoods in the city of Pittsburgh, um, Lawrenceville and the Hill District. Um, that Christmas Day bombing was very interesting because of how that really, that also um, showed a weakness of um, whenever that bomb went off, it was near, was it AT&T, like an AT&T um, mm -hmm. service? It, like It was by, or the, the tower or something? Mm-hmm. So phone lines were out for like, uh, I think the count, like that city's COVID hotline, like just different resources were out. There was, uh, the there was a local hospital nearby that was operating off of like generators, it was it was very um, detrimental to that particular um, neighborhood in Tennessee, and it just happened, you know. Like, fortunately, there were no lives lost, but that aftermath, the video of that bomb, oh my goodness! If there if there were people in those buildings, oh no, <laughs> it's because they spend all of their resources surveilling blacktivists instead of surveilling white supremacists. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's facts. Mm -hmm. If they That's had some eyes on these white nationalists. But they meanwhile mm -hmm. still doing COINTELPRO. Like, oh, they knew everybody, they know every Black Lives Matter activist in the country. Every one of them. Got a dossier on all of them. Black yeah. identity extremists. But they don't yep. seem yet to have them on the Proud Boys. Nope. Nah. Because they're so, they're, they, they fight so hard not to have those certain groups labeled you know what I'm saying, as dangerous to the country. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had to fight. I, I don't remember, but I feel like the KKK may not have been on that list to, like, the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, like real shit. Like, so they're, 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 they're real reluctant to add all of those kind of groups that have to do a white nationalism and white supremacy to the FBI's watch list. You know what I'm saying? But anything with black in it, they adding it to. You know what I'm saying? They added the Hebrew Israelites to that list. Now, all they guilty of is just cussing people out on the street. I don't see them carrying out no terror, but they're on that list. You feel what I'm saying? Like, come on now, you can't, any, anything black, anything like that, they're focusing on it, and they're letting white people behind our back create all this terror and do all these things. The way that the media portrayed Nashville was a problem to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, first they didn't, for a while they didn't even say that they found a person's remains in the, in the explosion for days after, then they wasn't trying to say who it was, wasn't trying to say what he looked like, just made it real matter of fact that they found human remains. It's just kind of wild. And then then talk about all the things that the explosion impacted. So it's just like, 
we got it, it's the flip side of coin right because it's like yo we we trying to trust the media to be informed but y'all not even giving us all the information that could potentially save lives you know what i'm saying or help people make safe informed decisions moving forward you know what i'm saying so the way that they just kind of just even shared that it was like i tried to find information on that and i found that it was harder to find credible information on that bombing than other things that were happening at that time or have happened after well it wasn't a big deal yeah right. and i'm pissed that i didn't screenshot but that the news breakout that i was telling y'all about man that news breakout has all the juice but when the alerts were coming out about that bombing the first picture that i opened up in an article was not a white man they had a picture of a black man and saying that it was him for the bombing i think That's it could have clearly been an error i i use air quotes on that um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it was a very clear picture of a black man in his house with family pictures behind with the headline, um, Tennessee Bomber. And I am so upset I did not screenshot that. Oh, wow. Because then the updates of the, of the actual person finally came out. But the first picture that came out in a news article, I think it was a local Tennessee um, news source, uh, was not the correct perpetrator. Yeah, man, that doesn't surprise me. That's crazy, yo. Because when it came up, me and Dante looked at it, and I was like, this is not what I expected the person to look like. And then maybe later on that day, the the correct picture started going around. Mm. So, yeah. That's wild, man. We just want to stay vigilant out here, y'all, and protect ourselves and keep our eyes open and... um. Mm-hmm. Get out and vote, y'all. Run for office. I see that cross yesterday. Did they burn it yet? Who? Y'all ain't see that cross that they was out there erecting on the Capitol floor, the Capitol uh, yard. I thought they were, they built a little thing for it with the noose. I saw the news too. Y'all ain't see the y'all ain't see them y'all ain't see them uh, uh, erecting a, a big old cross. Nah, yeah. no, I just saw them pushing up the whatever the thing. I thought it was cross before I saw the noose. I was wow. just burned it yet. Nah, I didn't even see that, man. That's they was doing whatever out there, yo. They were. They were. <laughs> like they was really doing whatever out there, had whoever out there. Like that's that's crazy. I was, I was just thinking, like listening to this this whole Tennessee bomb. I'm like, whatever happened to that cross? Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we gotta we gotta be careful. We gotta definitely be focused out here because there's gonna be more to come with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this is just like um drills you know what i'm saying like i feel like certain shit like this to be happening just be drills for other stuff like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they they can say that these things happening and we figure this out and fine tune this and that for next time so it can go off without a hitch yeah. or we can figure Absolutely. out what's impacted yeah but yep. the toe in, step, step in the toe in but look yesterday the, the thing that was the wildest to me and i ain't got nothing else was rick saccone who used to be you know, a state representative used to be a congressman here. Out there talking about the vanguard, their vanguard breached, you know, breached the Capitol or, or, or breached their barriers. So he, this man's out here using military tactic language to describe their literal insurrection. Mm-hmm. What is the consequence? Oh, for real, though. Vanguard sounds like they had some orchestrated shit going on. Yeah, it does. Like they like the people like these is who we're sending first. You're in the you're first. You're in the rare. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what it sounds like. That's what happened. 
I mean, y'all know it, you know, like if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. Mm-hmm. Good uh, so and you and you know they were saying people had um walkie talkies and, and was talking to each other and all of that too. So they were communicating. You know what I'm saying? Through different parts of, of the little groups and the, the, the mobs and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they knew what was happening and where they was at. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people let that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Let's just say it is what it is, man. Like, some people knew what was going to happen and they let that shit happen. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but this country has a history of knowing some shit that's going to happen and letting that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could be another discussion for another episode or whatever, but that's how it be here. You know what I'm saying? They know some shit's finna happen, and then they let it happen. You know what I'm saying? And then afterwards, now they built in a citadel around the capital with eight-foot-high walls, and they got Virginia State and National, and National Guard and D.C. police, all, everybody here now, the day after. You know what I'm saying? The same way the, air, the airport was the safest ever on, 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 on September 12th in 2001 you know what i'm saying like it's, it's, it always happens like that you know what i'm saying so i don't know that's that whole thing is shot out but this is definitely going to be part of history moving forward like is. what happened yesterday you know what i'm saying I, I, it's definitely part of history but um one thing we we didn't get to talk about what history was the georgia runoffs um yeah. you know what i'm saying we definitely got to talk about that yeah, yeah. We, we took over the Senate, you know, uh, Reverend Warnock and uh, John Ossoff won. We got a black man from the South, which lets us know, what was it? What did I read? Was it an 80% voter turnout in black communities in Georgia? I mean, those were historic numbers, especially for yeah. a non-presidential, you know, election day. Yeah. yeah, and that right there, that's the message that I feel like Absolutely. I want to like tap into because everyone's like, oh, my vote don't count. Y'all, we got it. Of course, we need the right candidates. We need the right people to be in roles of leadership. But when we can get that, get that, find that, man, I mean, we have the number power. To, to make the changes that we want. There's other little dynamics within our states that we may need to handle, but on these statewide elections, like... Mm-hmm. It speaks oh. directly to the importance of, of organizing, though. Yeah. This is not an accidental result. Thinking or- mm-hmm. It wasn't even an unpredictable pre- result. There were people who had been on the ground for years and years, actually. Today, yeah. with the culmination of years and years of work, yeah. People who saw what the mainstream refused to see and refused to acknowledge, they did what the establishment refused to believe could be done um, because they knew it could be done. You know why they knew it? Because they are engaged, Mm -hmm. because they know themselves, like they knew what they was dealing with. So when we're talking about the black women, particularly organizer, Mm -hmm. uh, and the the brown folks too, right? Because Mijente was down there, who I believe talked to every single Latino registered voter. and uh, Black Voter Project and so many different organizations out on the ground in, uh, in Georgia, throughout Georgia, they put in that work to do that organizing. They did that deep relational organizing and they did it consistently. They didn't just come and go when they got what they wanted or not because what they wanted wasn't just this one race. They didn't want that. What they want to, is to have an expanded electorate that has autonomy, that produces its own politics and doesn't just consume politics. So that's the difference between organizing and engaging and, and being used, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's a fine line. And that's why I get why a lot of us are skeptical because we don't even know what it looks like to not be used, mm-hmm. uh, to not just consume other people's politics. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it looks like to produce our own politics. We've not had the chance to do so. Uh, Georgia shows us that the time is now to do that. Time is There's nothing now. stopping Pennsylvania from being Georgia, yes. um, though they do have more black people than us. Yes. But <laughs> there's happen. nothing really stopping us, but our dedication to doing that hard organizing work. This ain't, you just go on, there ain't no Twitter campaign that's going to do this. Nope. You don't get to ask for some results, some lofty results in two weeks and think you're going to get it. Yep. That ain't how none of this works. Yeah. And it, and it ain't a, uh, it's not a, um, a poll. Ain't no poll going to get you these, these kind of results. Like not a single one. Not a single one. It is getting down to the ground, knocking on doors, making phone calls, building relationships, talk, literally talking to people. With talk people. To people, know these people, let them see that they know you. Let yep. them know you. That's what it really is, right? So my, my suggestion is, is like, you want to run for office? Awesome. But you need to disavow the bad advice that you're going to get, that you should only talk to super voters. Yep. That it ain't worth talking to that black lady who is in your neighborhood, who you know, but you know has never voted before. She might vote because she knows you. She might vote because she knows that she sees her in you. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone who is white and in the establishment, they don't understand that. Right. They can't even conceptualize that because it, it wouldn't happen to them. They wouldn't be able to get that woman. So they, they, they get, they've given up. That's our strength. Our strength is their weakness. And we have to, and we can't use their methods. Uh, we can't get in to fit in. So that's, that's big. That's big what they were able to do. But I know organizers on the ground in Georgia and they've been through this. Yeah, they've been, they've been at it. They've been working and, and, and grinding. I mean, it, and it is, it is the most thankless work. That's why when we say thank an organizer, that is say thank you. Because the work that they put in for this, it ain't easy. It is stressful. It is some of the hardest work that people are doing out here. And, and that text message you got to vote that, that annoys you, that y'all always want to post y'all snippy responses to, yep. you're really just screaming at an organizer who's doing what we know works. Yep. <laughs> I, and that's why I shared, you know, I think both you and I did that on social just to let folks know, like, Y'all might be responding to me like that because I am. Mm-hmm. I'm texting people. Yeah. I need y'all to vote for me. Yeah. I need y'all to vote for us. That's what it really is. You're not voting for me. I need you to vote for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that on that. Listen, but y'all, this was such a good episode. I knew, look, I, when I text Martel earlier, I was like, I just hit up Summer. She said she's available. You cool? Because this is going to be good talk. Either mm-hmm. like when, when the three of us get together though, I love th- this is the release that I needed. Like I don't even have a headache no more. I had a headache when we started and my headache is gone. Like, that's special, right? That's special. that's super special. I forgot what is what does Dante call us? We're the we're the the uh the new class. What does he call us? Remember Dante gave us a nickname? I forgot uh what that name was. Martel, what was it that he called us? the brain so if i knew i don't I, know I say, say you always come up with some cool shit say creative dude you always come up with some cool stuff so cool brother man <laughs> he called us the leaders of the new class that's what he called <laughs> <laughs> but this was a really good episode um yeah thank all of you who listen um been supporting us from the beginning you know we made it through 2020 now we got to make it through 2021 <laughs> mm-hmm the goal is to keep making it, you know? 
And oh, I forgot, shameless plug for my folks in Allegheny County. There is a current ballot initiative in action right now. Signatures are being gathered to uh, pass Brianna's law in the city of Pittsburgh to ban no-knock warrants and for Allegheny County to virtually ban solitary confinement in the Allegheny County Jail. Um, the UN has literally considered it, oh, I'm losing my word. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Inhumane? Uh, inhumane. Unusual punishment? Unusual, yes. Inhumane. It is, they are using it as just a thing to do because they, they tired. So um, if you want more information, please feel free to reach out to me on any of our social pages. Um, DM us. I will be able to get you information, but we got to get 27,000 signatures, y'all. So the work is real. We have less than seven weeks. Uh, petitioning ends February 16th. So um, yeah, let's, let's get these uh, initiatives on the ballot this coming spring so we can um, make some changes that we need in Allegheny County. Let's get free. Let's get free. Let's get free. <laughs> yeah. But make sure you check us out, Black Political Millennials, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and soon on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Right. Check us out. Clubhouse, check us out. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode, y'all. Be safe. Wear a mask, y'all. Damn it. Peace. Black.